Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Skyping's Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. I continue on my recovery run of silence. So we are presenting you with another throwback episode. And this is Side Effects of Toxic Relationships Revisited. I felt it important to revisit this episode because I have been through a series of toxic relationships since I recorded this the first time. And I've also been through a series of healing. And I just wanted to talk about one thing that has really got my goat lately is the level of judgment that we place on folks who are in toxic relationships. So often I see folks saying things like, why is that person still in that relationship? We even have a DMT question where someone asked that. And it can seem so confusing as to why somebody would continue to interact in a toxic relationship, often to the point where we start being belittling or condescending, or we just are just like, whatever. And I think we owe it to ourselves to be so much more compassionate about understanding why people are in toxic relationships. So many of us are codependent in ways that we did not know. So many of us are traumatized in ways we do not know. And so when we are in these toxic relationships, we are essentially nurturing these traumatic connections that we have made in our chemistry that we have yet to dismantle in our mental space, you know, because your body has chemical reactions to certain things and, you know, they become a part of your body's physiology and your body's biology. And it's like when you associate a certain internal, like biological reaction to something, it can be hard to shift from that because it seems comfortable. It seems natural. And so those toxic relationships, you know, what makes them so toxic is that they're creating the toxic chemical reactions within your body that you simply are unable yet to stop. And a lot of times we see people going through that and we wonder why they're in that cycle because we're only looking at it from the objective point of view of the outsider, which is, well, two plus two equals four. So why would they keep doing that? But we got to understand that it's deeper than that. We're more complex than that. And it's oftentimes beyond the ability of the outsider to truly understand. So all you can do is provide support and more insight. And let me also reflect upon something that Angela Davis had said in regard to someone saying like, does marching and protesting really work? And she said, you know, the truth of the matter is that we think that we only need to do something one time and that it should have an effect. Oftentimes, like with anything else, you have to wear it down. And you have to keep doing something over and over and over again to get through. And I just thought about that. And I thought about just the idea of like chipping away marble to create a beautiful masterpiece. And when we are continually giving people support and we're continually giving them insight, yes, we, it can feel exhausting sometimes, which is why you got to work on your own boundaries of how you do that. But you also have to know that you in effect can be chipping away. And how will you know that, Amanda? Well, you'll know that by seeing the changes in them. Some people, you'll be like, they're not changing. They're not, they're not taking this in. And you'll know when it's time to stop. You'll know when it's time that you have to step away because it's your stepping away that's actually going to chip away more. You'll know that because you're going to see it. But oftentimes we think like, well, they're just, you know, whatever. So I'm not going to say anything anymore. 
And I encourage you to, to, to not get discouraged. And I encourage myself because it's very frustrating watching someone in a trauma loop. And it is also important, though, that we understand that toxic relationships, oftentimes we are adding to the toxicity of that other person's toxic relationship by bringing our judgment into the conversation instead of our compassion or our understanding. And when I ventured forth in these conversations around toxic relationships, you know, I myself, I don't think I even recognized like my own toxicity that I was bringing to the relationships and how my toxic relationships had continued to refine that toxicity. And the awareness that you find in yourself when you really hit that wall and how you can undo that is painful, but also it's freeing. It's liberating. You know, I had an ex who hit me up and we're friends now. And he had sent me a picture of this like man who had been run over by his girlfriend. And he was like, I mean, how could this happen? Like, what could that man have done that would cause her to do that? And I was like, I mean, there's a million things he could have done to cause her to do that. But ultimately you can't blame anybody else for your own actions. But what you can acknowledge though, is there's something within that woman that that man triggered and only she knows what that is and only she can stop it or change it. I said, but you have to understand though, that not all of us have the same assets and tools to arrive at the healing that is needed to address those triggers. I said, I feel blessed because you and other exes have come to me and, you know, shout out to Sonia Renee Taylor, who did our episode side effects of apologies. They've come to me. They've come to me and taken accountability without looking for absolution. And that has been so liberating and freeing because it's that closure that I think all of us are seeking when we continue to return to toxic relationships in any shape, way, or form. And I feel so blessed to have had that, but not everybody does. And I know that that's like very rare. And when you don't have that, then what do you do? How do you cauterize that wound so that it doesn't continue to leak into all these other spaces in your life and create toxicity amongst your whole existence? And that is your own journey. For some, it's a myriad of things. You know, for some, it might include therapy. For others, it might include boxing. It might include affirmations. It might include spiritual work. And honestly, it includes all of those things for me. You know, it's about changing your surroundings. It's about changing the people that you interact with. It's about changing the music you're listening to. It's about changing the food you take in. It's about changing the podcast that you listen to. It's about changing everything around you that triggers that toxicity. I've had to tell people I'm in a relationship with, like, listen, I'm working on something right now. And this behavior triggers that. Please be mindful. And they may make mistakes, of course, which is going to require grace. But you also have to know that like, you can say that I'm working on this. This right here is what I'm working on. And if they throw it in your face then fuck them and keep it moving. But if they say, okay, I want to work on that with you. I'll, I'll be mindful. They're a keeper. And you can be that person to someone else too. Can't be it to everybody. But you definitely can be it to folks who you genuinely feel are genuinely on that path to, to healing. And I just, I, I just want us to open our, our hearts and minds up because we're doing a lot of interacting on, on social media where we are seeing only the morsels of someone's story and forming an entire picture. But there simply is just no way you can really truly understand someone's whole existence with only a few mere particles of what makes them matter.
Woo, you heard that bar? With only a few particles of what makes them matter because matter, wow. Ever so often I'd be like, you're a lyricist, you're a lyricist, you're a lyricist, you're a lyricist. Anywho, let's get into this episode, Side Effects of Toxic Relationships Revisited. For anybody who's out there in a toxic relationship right now, it's not your fault. You're not alone. And there's only victims and volunteers. So at any point, you can choose to exit. You can volunteer to exit the same way that you are currently volunteering to still be there. And that exit may require you setting up things. That exit may require you becoming more vulnerable to other people. That exit may require a drastic shift so I'm not saying that it has to happen today because that's not fair to you for me to put that pressure on you. But what I am saying I hope happens today is that you begin to consider how to remove this toxicity from your life as quickly as possible in a way that's as healthy as possible for you. Let's get into it. Here we are at another edition of Small Doses, giving you all the dosery of the things that be in my head. This episode, we are talking about toxic relationships, which is not to necessarily be limited to relationships that are romantic. Toxicity in relationships can extend to business. It can also extend to friendships, it can extend to family, etc. So we're going to get all up in to the toxicity of that situation. And especially with what's going on a lot in a lot of media right now, you know, in what's been uh, exposed on TMZ with Fab and his long term um, mother of his children, Emily. And just um, I mean, domestic violence is absolutely not anything new. But even in seeing just the toxic relationships that I feel like hip hop artists often have with their female fans um, in seeing like Max Cremo and the situation that happened at his concert where the young woman threw a lighter onto the stage after he asked for a lighter. And next thing you knew, he basically sicked his bodyguards onto her and they threw water in her face and snatched her hat and her wig off in front of an entire room of people, you know. That uh, and then and then there's also like the toxic relationship of like people in my DMs that are ridiculous. Um, and so I want to talk about it because I think that what what it really a lot of times also boils down to is there is a toxicity that is di- very deeply ingrained within just men and women relating to each other. And as we see our world expand in terms of gender and expand in terms of identity, I wonder how that's all going to continue to play out. But today's show is going to be about identifying toxicity and also figuring out solutions to challenging it. And also talking about what you do on the other side of that. Let's get into it. That wasn't Hot Pockets. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We dropping on these hoes. Let's get this gem droppery poppery. <laughs> Dysfunction versus differences. That's what we're talking about today. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this as it relates to toxic relationships is because I think that there's this ridiculous notion that if you're in a relationship that you basically have to just like deal with 
dysfunction. And I think a lot of people are trained to do this. It's almost like you've been conditioned either by what you've seen in your own experiences or what you've seen on television or movies to think that if you're in a relationship, that there's going to be issues that are going to cause you to behave in a certain way. and You're just going to have to deal with it. I mean, I saw people literally say like in, in seeing the video of Fab in the street brandishing a weapon saying he's going to kill Emily's father. I saw people say like, well, you know, everybody gets into arguments. Yeah, that's not an argument. Okay. And so we have to like really get clear on the difference between simply having differences and actual dysfunction. Differences are when you and somebody simply have a different viewpoint, simply have varying viewpoints on either a topic, a way of life, preferences, Etc. And the thing about having differences is that they don't necessarily have to cause dysfunction. You can have differences that align. You know, just because you may like something and the other person doesn't like it, it doesn't mean it's a deal breaker. And it doesn't have to be a source for vitriol. It doesn't have to mean that you have to now come at each other. Because we've seen people who are like Democrats and Republicans still have very nurturing relationships. We've seen people who are dog people and cat people have very nurturing relationships. We've seen vegans and pork lovers have very nurturing relationships. It's just a matter of like what you can handle and what is like worthy for you in that exchange with a person outside of the romantic situation. It's like you and somebody can work together and you may have different viewpoints on the way things operate, especially like when you're an artist working with someone who is very finance based, you know, it becomes like, okay, we come at things from a varying sides, but in a beautiful way, sometimes it lines up and it's like you all enhance each other with your differences. Dysfunction is a different thing. Dysfunction is when your differences are incompatible. And incompatibility continues to be incompatibility. I have never seen incompatibility get compatible. I ain't never seen it. Because the reality is, is that two things just don't line up sometimes. And you find yourself in the relationship trying so hard to make it work. And you're killing yourself. You know, you're losing sleep. You're stressed. You're drained. And you're like, nah, you know, it's just we have so many differences. You know, well, how y'all doing? I mean, that's good. But we just, you know, we're just so different. We're just so different. And it's like you've accepted dysfunction. Being different doesn't mean that there should be dysfunction. If there's dysfunction, it's not because you're different. It's because you're incompatible. It's because you don't line up. And too often, we then keep going and we dive deeper and deeper and deeper into the incompatibility and we accept the dysfunction as a part of the relationship. We literally accept it as a trait of the relationship. Oh, well, you know, we have this and we have that and then we also have this. And next thing you know, you're literally describing your interaction with somebody as toxic and considering that to just be like, you know, a thing that you guys have. And it's like, no, when you have like a thing, it's like you all have like a like my mother and I, like we have certain things that like are just not going to ever line up. Like she just has a thing against certain actors. And I'm just like, I can't I don't understand why you don't like this person. And she's like, I just don't like them. But it's not causing us to be unable to see each other eye to eye. And the reality is sometimes you do have a parent who you have a toxic relationship with, who you are incompatible with. Shit, 
me and my pops, like we're just incompatible. I mean, there's there's sometimes even physiological things that show you that, you know, you can be allergic to someone's dick. Like there can literally be an incompatibility with someone's dick where they keep throwing off your pH balance. And you're like, why do I keep getting all these yeast infections? Because his dick shouldn't be up in you because he is not meant for you. Y'all are incompatible. Shit. You know, and so I just I just urge you all to take a look at like how you're interacting, like especially like in even in a business place in a business space. You're like, nah, but like we did a whole episode about working with friends and you'll be like, damn, like why can't I work with my friend? Maybe y'all are great friends, but you're incompatible in the business space because it becomes toxic when you work together. It's a real thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a fail. It's just acknowledging that this doesn't work. And too often we are so deep into things that we are afraid to simply just acknowledge this doesn't work because we feel like it's a reflection of failure on ourselves. And it's not. When you acknowledge this is toxic, we are incompatible. You are actually the winner of the situation of life because you are able to step back and see outside of yourself a bigger picture that lets you know where you need to go next. The bigger picture, when we talk about the bigger picture, it's not like some masterpiece like a Picasso. To me, what the bigger picture is, is a map of your life and your journey. And when you step outside of it and you look at the bigger picture, you get a better idea of proximity of where you've been to where you're going. And if that person on there got you going off the map, you need to get back on track. We are serving it. How do you deal with toxic family members? Those that you can't really cut off, like your mom or dad. Well, I, I mean, I, I cut off my dad. But I understand what you're saying, though, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you want your family. And listen, I think family dynamic in general can just be toxic because there's like this overwhelming feeling that like these people are connected to you no matter what. And that in itself can feel like a pressure that's so outside of you that it can feel toxic, you know, and it can feel like, well, you can't check them or you can't challenge them on something or you can't take a break from them. I think the key to dealing with toxic family members is boundaries. You know, when it's dealing with people that you really can't get rid of, it just becomes a matter of like, how do you compartmentalize them in a way that you can manage? And I think sometimes we get told that when someone is family, you can't compartmentalize them, that because they're family, they just have to be there and you have to deal with them and there's nothing that you can do about it. And I just personally was never raised with that concept. My mom always basically said like, you know, your family is the people who love you and who look out for you. Your relatives are people who are related to you. And that was basically how we were able to just like quantify because over the course of my life, there have been people in my family who became more like relatives and then eventually came back into family mode. And, and that was me being able to say like, nah, like I can't, I just can't have that in my space. I can't have that in my space. And I know sometimes it makes you feel like you, you feel shitty. I think that's a lot of the reason why sometimes people can't deal with toxic family members because you personally feel bad, like, damn, like, but they're my family. And I think what that emotion really is attached to is feeling like if they're bad and they're in your family, then you're bad too. And there's almost like this, like, 
circuitous subconscious feeling that like if you acknowledge that they're whack that you're somehow like acknowledging that you yourself are whack and so you're like let me just deal with it and I think we do that over the course of a lot of relationships and we'll get into that into the next DMT but when it boils down to it toxic family members are a real thing I think a lot of us have that you know and they create dysfunction in the family and they create problems and sometimes you can't get rid of them and you can't change the circumstances in terms of like their involvement in the family dynamic, but you have to do something that my, I feel like uh, will help you, which is something that my therapist told me. And she said, it's, you have to do what's called um, individualizing, which is, you know, people are like a storm and you can't let them catch you up in their storm. So you have to find a way to just like not get sucked into their fuckery. And that takes you being able to clearly define what they do and how they do it so that you can steer clear of getting wrapped up in that. And that takes a little extra brain power. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's not like it's some easy like two plus two type of shit. It does have a certain level of quadratic emotional equation to it, but it can be very helpful because this person ain't going nowhere anyway. So you might as well put some time into figuring out how to handle them being there. Next question was, okay. So like three different people asked the same question, which boils down to why does it seem like people are unable to end a relationship when they know it is toxic for them? What keeps them coming back to them time and time again? man, I mean, this also like attaches to like, you know, being abused, domestic abuse. You know, a lot of times you'll see like someone who keeps returning to the abuser and they'll be like, why? Like, why do they keep going back? And I think that there's a whole other level of multi-layered psychosis going on in that situation. But on a very basic level, a lot of times people end up going back to toxic relationships because it's almost like they want to make themselves feel better for having chosen a toxic person. And there's this idea that if there's some type of redemption, then it means that you didn't make a bad decision. This is basic. Like we all, I'm pretty much all of us have done this in a certain way. And like I said, it's not just relationship based. It's also professional based. How many times have you worked with someone and they were whack and then you went back to working with them and you're like, but I knew they were whack. I knew. And in your mind, you're like, I'm just giving them a second chance. In your mind, I'm like, I'm giving them an opportunity. What's really happened is your ego. That's what's really happening. Either you're too lazy to find someone else or your ego just feels like, no, like I couldn't have been wrong. They can't be that whack. And it's, it's always going to end up being what you thought it was. Because unless somebody like actively acknowledges their behaviors and is actively pursuing means of which to change those behaviors and is demonstrating um, an altered behavior system, there's no reason to believe that they are no longer toxic. Just because they said so? Fuck out of here, man. Anybody could say anything. I could, you know, I could say whatever. I could sit here and tell you all day all types of shitteries. And it don't matter. It yeah, is yeah. what it yeah. is. I mean, I've had people come back and be like, you know, um, I am a completely changed person and I did this and I did that and I'm a, I'm a whole new human being. And then within five days, it's the same bullshit. And like I always tell y'all, People don't change. Life changes people. So a lot of times if I ain't seen you go through some type of tragic shit or you ain't fall off or had all your Jordans repossessed or, you know, some <laughs> something very deeply distressing to you, I, I don't truly believe that you've hit the other side. I don't. 
I don't. So toxic relationships, why do people keep going back? Because they want to prove to themselves that they didn't make the wrong decision. Guess what? You made the wrong decision. And then you made the right decision to leave. So just be on the same side of right. And even when I say like you made the wrong decision, it's like some people are really good at conning, you know. Some people are just really good at looking like they're really good. And I always say like shitty folks be using the good people handbook. They master it. They're in the mirror practicing that shit. In the mirror like, yeah, I got you. Sure, I'll take the trash out. Uh-huh. I support you. I think you're fantastic. And really, they're just a robot. robot. It's like AI. And they're just like a tool of deceit and shade that has come to invade you. And you have to be. Who's the chicken Terminator? Sarah Connor. You have to be Sarah Connor of your life and smote it out and eradicate the AI shitty person who has come into your life using the good person script. Coming in theaters, 2019. Fuck the fuckery. Rated R. A really hard R. Last question. Do you think social media is the root cause of toxic relationships? Oh, no, that's not. We can't give social media that much credit. Toxic relationships have been popping off since the beginning of time. I mean, Caligula, that was a toxic relationship with the entire people of Rome. (laughs) Toxic relationships, as long as there have been toxic people. Toxic relationships, you ever hear about Cain and Abel? Ooh, that was pretty toxic. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah? Toxic, toxic. I mean, I'm just saying. So... When we look at toxic relationships, we can't blame social media, but I do think social media has added a whole new layer to toxic relationships and has, you know, created some certain dynamics that have increased toxicity. One of those main things that I feel like really is real is higher uh, opportunity level of being able to con people. I mean, look at catfish. Look at, you know, the the ability to have like quote unquote fake accounts. And when we add to that um, online dating, I mean, a friend of mine just found out that the person she was with for like a year and a half had their account back up on, um, it wasn't match.com, but it was one of those sites, you know, Bumble or something, and was now seeing people again, unbeknownst to her. Until someone literally hit her and was like, so homeboy is like back up on the site. And one, I'm either sad that you guys broke up because I really thought you were a cute couple. Or two, I'm really sad that he's this shitty that he's up on here soliciting like new dates in the midst of you being a couple. And so like for for what it's worth, like there was a time where the only way or the only like secrecy that there was was like a a man and his secretary. (laughs) You know, but now I feel like there's DMs, there's Facebook messages, you know, there's um, there's Snapchat. There's just so many ways to be deceitful using the realm of social media that it can make people very, very paranoid and very skeptical in their relationships in a way that is incredibly toxic. It absolutely, I think, hinders trust. And I'm somebody who grew up in an era that didn't have social media. So it's been it's been a bit of adjustment. I mean, listen, I am 
so much more in tune with a dude when I hear he doesn't like Instagram. I'm like, excuse me, sir? I mean, I get a certain level of wetness off of you don't be on Facebook? Is that right? Splash. Um... <laughs> just it it because for me anyone who knows me and knows like I use my Instagram for the purpose of business you know and it has it has an actual purpose beyond just business in terms of like being able to enlighten and empower and you know um enliven and bring laughter to others lives but for a lot of other people like it's it really is just a matter of you know just sharing their experiences and sharing their their photos etc and that's one thing but then you have folks who really be using it to live like a whole other life and to get access to other people, et cetera, et cetera. And I just feel like those people are not as few and far between as you may think they are. I mean, I'm an Instagram forensic specialist, notified, notarized and certified. I can look at your Instagram and break your whole life down with just the five, five thumb swipes and come back to you. I've done it before and I'll do it again. I mean, it's just the facts. But when it boils down to it, I actually like appreciate when I meet a man that really isn't on the socials like that, because I feel like it, um, I feel like it says something about like how they are caring about their life. And it, I think that they, <laughs> I came up with a term called, um, technicurity and technicurity is basically having like security about technology it's like a skill that we've had to like now learn in the midst of this social media space. Like you have to have a certain level of like security of self related to social media. Because when you see your man liking other women's pictures, when you see your man commenting on other women's Instagrams, etc., you have to have a certain heightened level of technicurity to not consider that to be like this like crazy infraction of breaching of your trust. And it can be very difficult to have because we just haven't had to really deal with that before. Like you might see your man like having regular conversations in public. You see that siren? That's the siren of like your your technicurity going off. Like me. Because there can be like inappropriate behaviors and you have to have literally like a heightened level of technologically sound security to not go crazy these days when you have somebody that you're seeing that's not only in the midst of the world in a physical way, but that's in the midst of the world in a digital way. You'll drive yourself crazy. You really will. You drive yourself batty. If you're basing your trust level on how they're um, interacting with other women or I'm not even this is not even just about men and women. But I mean, like, you know, you dudes get super jealous. Like, yo, why is that dude commenting on your photo? And it's like, I, how can I how are you mad at me for someone else commenting on my photo? You know, or why are you putting up that picture of you? Like, yo, you, you trying to do too much. You looking too much. You looking too crazy. Why are you trying to have everybody looking at you like that? And it's like, because I'm a bad bitch. That's why. You didn't know? You you were fucking with a bad bitch? That's why you even came over here. Get out of here. Step your technicality up, bruh. People I like. Yeah. Ooh-wee. On this episode of Toxic Relationships, I had to bring in for people I like somebody who I have a fantastic relationship with and who has had a very toxic relationship. <laughs> that he may or may not oh, be willing man. to talk about. Small None. doses. <laughs> give you small doses. <laughs> Ooh, nice, 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 nice. Today, we have my homeboy, 
recording artist, uh, creative, super, super duper resourceful creative, and um, member of the Winans family, Mr. Jeremy Winans. What's going on? <laughs> you may have What's seen him on? on my Instagram. He went to uh, the Grand Canyon with me and my aunt. Yeah, that and, was fun. And her husband, and we had a blast. Yeah. Didn't we? We did. That was very fun. You also You wouldn't come sitting on sit on the edge of the cliff with me though. Nah. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't gonna do it. Oh man. Couldn't do it. Um, I got your back, but I will not sit on the edge of the cliff with you. Oh man, that's terrible. Is it? Yeah. You're supposed to be there for me. Uh I was like, I would have been there for like, if you fell, I got the phone. So I could be like, oh shit, ah, <laughs> he fell. Like, that's why someone has to okay, stay bet. back. Okay, You cool. know, someone yeah. has to stay back. Uh, you may have also seen Jeremy when he was stuck on my patio. Wow. Yeah, on my Instagram. These are some terrible highlights <laughs> I got. Wow. The highlight reels. These crazy. highlights are crazy. But you know what? Let me give you. So, you know, people are like, I always tell people why I like them. And so here's the thing. So Jeremy, the way, the reason we even met me and Jay was because he had emailed me via Facebook. Like, no, was it Facebook? I hit you on Facebook first and you ignored me. Totally. It wasn't that. Me. I just never listen. I never look at my messages on Facebook. You totally ignored me. <laughs> and then you, um... And then I saw that you were going to be in L.A. And I was like, hey. Yeah, but you had found my email on my profile and emailed me. You were very resourceful. Like most people would have like been like, oh, she didn't hit me back on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I'm done. But you were like, nah. I was like, nah. Like I was a phot- photographer and um, I saw that you were going to be in L.A. So I was like, hey, let me hit her up. And I, the first thing I asked was if you wanted to get booked somewhere and you gave me your email and I'm like okay <laughs> then I said I wanted to be a year photographer because you was coming in town and you was like that looks like something we could just dis- uh worth discussing because you know and why people like hit I, me all the time for shit and I'd be like right. what are we what are you really talking about you so when I you was, hit me about like booking me for something I'm like no, you thought I was trying to get on what does that mean <laughs> Like trying to holler. holler at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, <laughs> <laughs> true story, y'all. So then I entrusted my time uh, to Jay when I came out here and we rode. Like, Jay was my road dog. My first time coming out to LA to do stand up, Jeremy Winans has all the video of it of me doing a very mediocre job at a number of venues. Yes. <laughs> Shade room, be ready for these clips because they're coming. They're coming. I was very <laughs> mediocre. And um, you got to go through that, though. You got to go through that. But yeah. I was very happy that I had someone with me as I went through that, though. Because, like, we would get in the car and you'd be like, yeah, that was cool, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm a witness of the come up. I'm definitely a witness. Right? Yeah. I got it's nice. Good. It's great. It's, it's, it's a sight to see. Oh, Jay. It is. Yeah, I'm proud of you. and i am proud of jay because jay just released some new music um one of my favorite records of his is called on my way up and you can get it everywhere new music is apple music spotify Spotify, all those good places Mm -hmm. and you did this yourself myself like it's produced by mighty mouse right right shout out to but 
this was a situation where like you could have waited around to try and get a record deal or whatever. Or even studio time. No, I recorded this in my living room. And you learned how to record yourself. Learned it. How'd you learn it? YouTube University. Tell me more. And my cousin Mike Winans, shout out to Mike. He started me off in Pro Tools and recording. I just took what he taught me and, um, you know, did my own thing with it, pretty much. Why do you feel like, because I feel like you've done a number of different jobs. Like Jeremy Winans, ladies and gentlemen, has done every fucking job possible. Like when we were in Grand Canyon, he was like, yeah, I used to restore cars. What? Yeah. (laughs) When I was in Sacramento, California, um, you know, a nine to five, I I just didn't think that a nine to five could uh, afford my career for you know, what I really wanted to do and everything. So um, I would get, I would buy broken down cars from Craigslist and um, go to a, uh, a junkyard car p- called Pick and Pull, buy little parts, whichever parts the cars needed, and I would sell them off the parking lot in the apartments that I stayed in. <laughs> and I gave my landlord a percentage. How did you using. know how to fix cars? How did you learn how to fix cars? Well, in high school, um, I took an automotive class. And in Detroit, you need to you need to know how to fix cars in order to graduate from high school. Which I find hilarious because, yeah. like, you know that Detroit is Motor City, but they, like, really doubled down on that. Yeah, they... (laughs) It's like, oh, no, it's not a game. Right. It ain't a game. Oh, you going to go to high school in Detroit? Okay, we're going to see. We're going to (laughs) see. And so you learned how to fix cars, and then Mm -hmm. you just kept going with it. And I... Went from... I mean, I took home Mac, but I ain't out here baking cakes. Yeah, the the money that I made from the cars, I went moved from Sacramento to Atlanta to get my name known around there uh, in the city of Atlanta for my music. Um, and then from Atlanta, I went to Miami. And from Miami, I went to L.A. What were you doing in Miami? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. I didn't like that. No, I was a photographer in Miami. Um, <laughs> he hit me with the, what no, wasn't I, I, I doing? T- I was a photographer. and not, My name became known around there as a photographer in Miami. And that's how I made money in Miami. Selling? Just photography for different events. Because there's an event every day in Miami. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the like Instagram chicks be at it too. Yeah, right? I was I was Puff's uh camera guy. I ended up being, you know, walking around with uh, you know, Meek Mill with the camera and But how would you I was end a camera up, guy? But how so it's funny because like you ended up as my camera guy. Did you go through the same process? How would you even I, end up? I was on the beach and in the clubs and they saw me with a camera. Yo, you know, come shoot. You know, flow rider. <laughs> I was the camera guy, and then I was like, you know what? This is cool. My name is known around here. It's time for me to move somewhere else, Hmm. L.A. And it's easy. You know, as soon as I got to L.A., the people that I met in Miami, they're out here anyways working. In Miami, they were out there, you know, partying. Hanging out, yeah. So when I came out here, it was easy. Like, oh, Jay, oh, what's up? You know, you do music? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. It's just like it. And then they find out that you're nice. Oh yeah, and then that that could be a problem too, you know. <laughs> Why? I don't know because they don't they don't um, it's like it catches them off guard that you're like actually good. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody be like, I can do music, I do music, mm-hmm. I do music, but then you're like, let me just throw this up yeah, on you. You would think they would want to like work with you and 
things like that's another story. What's what's what <laughs> well? Are we no, talking about? we're talking about toxic relationships. Oh, in general. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about Definitely. that. Um, How does it get toxic in those situations? Because we've talked a lot about like relationships in terms of romantic relationships, yeah. but in business, you can have toxic relationships too. Right. Definitely. This music business is filled with toxic relationships because I feel like there's a lot of using that happens and then there's a lot of lying that happens. Oh, and yeah. I think that especially in LA, people are super duper good at making themselves seem like they're really, really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And then they're not. They don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do like, I have a dose in that area? <laughs> well, I feel like there's something that you've told me about, which I think we've all experienced in terms of toxic relationships, where you realize that you are interacting with somebody who's maybe toxic to themselves. And then it can it can actually like trickle over to you by you just by being there being, by association. Exactly. Exactly. And falling into what they do on a daily basis. And it's like you have to catch yourself and not get involved in that. And I've actually, like, in terms of my work, I've had situations where the relationship becomes toxic because people almost get mad at you for being good at what you're doing. Like, like to what you were saying, like, I've literally had people be on some like, ugh, you're so driven. Hmm. And then they almost resent me for being so hardworking and then they, it starts to get toxic because they start like saying little shit to try and undermine the work. They start doing little shit to try to undermine the right. work. And then you're like, well, this can't work anymore because we don't even see eye to eye on quality control. Like we're not even. Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I believe any relationship can become toxic if you're around them for too long. Like, you know, my parents, they've been married for uh, 33 years. Okay. And um, they, they, my mom, she, she'll go out, ride her bike. You know, my dad, you know, they'll have their separate time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then they'll meet each other later on during the day, you know, or later on during that evening. Um, But I believe if, if you're around anyone too long, it could become toxic. It's like, yo, get away from me, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, one of the questions in our DMT section was about someone saying, like, did did toxic relationships start with social media? And it's like, I don't think it started with social media, but I think we can agree that social media can, like, add toxicity for a number of reasons, along with this, like, you're seeing someone all day. Yeah. Like, I started seeing somebody who doesn't really, like, rock with their Instagram. And Mm. part of me at first was just like, damn, that means they can't watch my Insta stories. But then I'm like, you know what? It's probably better that way. Oh man, that's t- <laughs> it's better that way because like that means they're kind of yeah. like vo- it's like a voyeur into my life all day long. Whereas like I don't see him all day, like he's not on Instagram, so it's just, like a one sided thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would want to miss somebody, yeah. you know, because um, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I mean, that's what they say. That's what they say. I mean, yeah, I heard it from somewhere. <laughs> I didn't make that up. No, we we are aware. <laughs> what you did make up though is a song on my way up, which is about toxic relationships. Yes. Um, I mean, if I can recite the chorus, can you hold you up? Can I hold you down? I need it. Oh, I should probably just have you sing it since you're here right now. <laughs> <laughs> on my way up. Yes, I was definitely at. Um... Oh, is this a story? Yeah. Then we should just get into the next segment. This is a dose. (laughs) Small dose. (laughs) 
That one time? <laughs> okay, so I had to stop, Jay, because I felt like a story was coming on. And, you know, some of the best songs are written based on real life experience. I feel like that's actually like the bottom line for just best songs. And your song, On My Way Up, and a lot of the songs off this album were inspired by like certain relationships, etc. And the song, On My Way Up, it sounded like you had a dose for us on what inspired that record. Um, well. I want to hear about it. I definitely felt, I felt a way. You did feel I a way. I felt a way. Uh, my my studio equipment were was set up in the living room, and um, the person that the song was about was in the living room <laughs> watching television. And uh, I I was I was like, you know what? Let me let me. I'm gonna record what I feel right now, because I was just listening to 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 different tracks and. Um, that one particular track that Mighty Mouse made, it, it stuck out to me at that point in time. And I just, I didn't even write. I just began, began recording, you know, whatever came to mind. And uh, what would you what is that? the What is the hook? What is On My Way Up about? On My Way Up is about, um, I was on, I was at a low time of my life. Like, uh, I felt very intoxicated with... Um, I just felt used and abused, and I, I felt I felt bad in the relationship. Everything was I was losing. Everything was leaving, and um, it's a, it's basically just about me on my way up. Like now that I got out of that situation, um, but at the time you to, wrote it, you were still in the situation. Yeah, so was it more I of definitely. a place of hope? Like, I really want to get up and out of this. Yeah, that's a great way to explain, to a better way to say it. Uh, it was like, it was my way out, basically. Like, music is my outlet. So on my way up was basically like, you know, I was speaking it prophetically, I guess you could say that. Um, like, I'm on my way up, I'm on my way out. You need, I need to know what's up. Because you only come around when I'm on my way up. You know, uh... Yeah, the the lyrics basically speak for themselves for itself. Like, well, yeah, because I mean, I think we a lot of us have experienced that. I mean, no, I I know that like I'm popping right now, right? So then I meet people and I have yeah. to like wonder like, are you are you interested in me because of my popability, or is it because like I'm flying flavorful? Well, there was definitely a time where <laughs> there was a de- there was definitely a time where I was where things weren't going as smooth as they were like Mm -hmm. you know the studio sessions wasn't coming along as fast you know the money wasn't coming along as quick as you know it was when you got together as we got together exactly and um you know as soon as real life hits uh that's when you get to see who's really exactly (laughs) And, and boy did i see it and um Ah, man. But I appreciate you talking about it because I feel like a lot of dudes would not admit it. Yeah, for sure. Y'all, as he's talking about it, he's like looking into the distance. Uh, (laughs) Like it's just (laughs) over the four over over stormy seas that he has since sailed beyond. I'm watching a movie and talking about it. Yeah. Because it was a whole other time. Yes. But a lot of guys don't want to admit that. And if they do, I feel like they're not able to admit their own role in it. Because at a certain point, it becomes like, why did I stay in that situation? Like, 
do you feel like there's a certain level of ego that makes you stick around because you're just like, well, because we've been talking about toxic relationships and how like a lot of us feel like we don't leave or we keep going back, even though we know it's toxic. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a, um, an ego thing, an ego thing. Uh, it's just, you get to a point in your life to where you're like, you know, you're, you, you you get comfortable and you don't want to be lonely anymore and you finally find someone that you're like, hey, you know what? Let me try this thing out, you know, because all we do, we uh, we get we're going to get old. So, you know, you just got to you got to um, give it a real shot, give, give it a real shot. So I gave it a real shot and, you know, I, I missed <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> airball. <laughs> Y'all, I'm. I can laugh now. Yeah, I ain't afraid to shoot my shot now. It's I, just. But wow. you, okay, so that's the thing though, because I feel like there are a lot of people who, once they shoot that air ball, they'll be like, "Oh no, nah, I ain't shooting that shit again." Oh, yeah. So what has made you be somebody who said, "Okay, I was in a toxic relationship, and now I am going to give myself a shot to get at a different um, relationship." I want to say because usually, you know. I, I would just be like, you know, forget this, man. You know, I'm going to go 10 years straight, no relationships, mm-hmm. forget love. Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I don't, I just, I have, I, be, I believe in love, you know, and I'm not afraid to say that or to uh, pursue it. Pursue it, yeah. Look at Jeremy out here sure. believing in love. That's what yeah, we need. We need R&B singers who really believe in love, not just in really. fucking. Right. Because that could get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> 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 that could, that's just a, that's a whole nother book right there. If you're going to, I mean, hey, to each his own, you know. But there are repercussions just, that come along with it. Yeah, just wrap up, bro. I've been in toxic relationships in the past, and I feel like a lot of times it was because... I was almost like refusing to really see like the person for what they were because of what I wanted to believe that I could see in them. Like, even if you can see good in somebody, it's like, yeah, but if they're not giving you goodness, it ain't right. It's not right. But you, you, you trick yourself into thinking like that they're going to. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're doing is tricking yourself. And the other element is that sometimes we get tricked when folks recognize the goodness in us. And so we're like, wow, like they see me, you know what I'm saying? Like they really see me wow. and that that speaks to their character, that speaks to why this needs to continue. And I feel like that is ego. Like I've been absolutely in situations where I'm like, this is your ego keeping you here. Yeah. Because you know better than to be about this person, but because they keep souping you up. You're yeah. like, oh, okay, like it's worth it, but then they tear you down. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad I went. I got uh, well, I'm, shat on, like totally shitted on, like completely well, shattery. I don't. On. I, all right, now I got to change my my word from glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not glad anymore. No, I'm, you can be glad. I'm. I'm very thank thankful that I went through that because it definitely opened up some senses that I didn't have. Ooh, like what? Like, oh, no, see, like, um, you know, I can, I can recognize, I can recognize real more. Mm. I can always recognize real, but I can recognize it even more now, you know? 
What do you feel is something that like you wouldn't like when you say you recognize real, like what mm-hmm. is something that is demonstrative of realness that you may have overlooked before that like now you're like, oh, if they're not doing this or if they are doing this, then that's a real one. If they're working towards what they really want to do in life, mm. that's big. Like if if they're busy working towards what they want to do, you know, that's that's legit. If they're not and they talking about it and they just keep talking about it and they want to do it, man. That's on you. If you want to go through that movie with them. <laughs> that's so that's that's so real because that is demonstrative of how they're going to be with you. Like when you right. see people in the world and how they're moving in the world for themselves, like that is a very strong indicator of how they're going to move with you. And I am yeah. I, like even you saying that has really actually like thrown a bell off in my head about the difference between like folks that I have talk to who like do a lot of talking but they ain't really doing a lot of doing right like i'll hear people be like yeah like i really want to be a host you know i really want to be a host like i'm really trying to do that and i'm like okay but like you're still getting drunk every night and you're still out like and you aren't tv fit like are you doing some push-ups like yeah you gotta be a doer you gotta be a doer and less planning more doing like are you setting up your life for the win you know and right I have absolutely been in toxic relationships where people, like literally as you're saying this, I'm like, oh my God, mm. where it's like, as if I had seen that first, it could have saved me so much time because yeah. I date a lot of people who are really like, quote unquote, ambitious until they meet me. And then they realize that what they thought was ambition ain't really shit. Right. Because there's people you can have in your team that's toxic. Like, um... Definitely, if they just want to go out every night and, like, it's like, yo, what are we celebrating for? <laughs> like, and not only that, like, if someone is just lounging around and sleep, and I, I don't know, that's just me. That's, I can't have nobody like that around me with, cause I'm too, I'm super driven, you know? And it's so real. Like, I will remove myself from someone's right. space also if I feel like I am not right for them at the time. And that has yeah. been the most, mature like our engine yes. our, our producer just made a, a a pacino face at me like oh all right all right <laughs> <laughs> no that was the de niro face oh okay okay <laughs> because it's a certain level of growth that you get to where you have to be able to recognize like is not only is this relationship toxic but yeah. like am i even Are the best person be- for oh. them Oh yeah. Well, you like could I, you could you could be you, a good for them. You could be, but I have I have now reached a point where I can recognize and be like, "You know what? You're not even ready to receive me." Uh, like your actions are not indicative of somebody ready to receive me. So, you, I'm going to acknowledge you and let you know like what I see in you and I'm going to make myself available to you, but you also have to proceed in a fashion that is responsive to me. And you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot about yourself in a toxic relationship like you can learn like about what you tolerate. Like, why yes. did I tolerate this? Yes. Like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know, because you will tolerate shit and then be like, "Did I really think I deserve that? Why? Why? Why do I feel like? Des- why did I feel like it was okay to treat me that way? Or why did I keep tolerating it every second of the day? Why didn't I just go? Or you may have left and then came back. Well, why it's did just you go like, back? We talked about that earlier, but I feel like you like, had a little more honey, so you'll say I more. I don't know. It's like <laughs> anything's possible. It's like, um, I mean, 
Sometimes you, you, you know, go, you know how it is. Well, sometimes you go back because they're because really good at giving head. Yeah, or or, or or yeah, or something else. <laughs> sometimes and the snatch it, got you snatched. Snatched up. The pussy or, will snatch the soul. Or oh. <laughs> I always say the dick can touch the heart, but the pussy will snatch the soul. Oh man, that's deep. I wow. see you looking off into the distance. Yeah, that's deep. Like them claws just got you like. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, just don't, man. Y'all be safe out there, man. <laughs> For real. <laughs> be safe. It's real out there. Don't rush into it. I rushed. I went into the club. It was a rap. And it was a yeah. rap. But she got you. Because she played to your kindness. Yes. I'm a I'm a I'm a kind dude. I'm you cool. are. You're super I'm, dupes kind. I'm cool, you know, and yeah. But she I think saw that's that but that's the thing. Like you'll have people who will play to like the things that you are so proud of. To get yourself, what they need. To get what they need. And I know for me, I'm somebody who like I don't even really be believing it. I'm like, no one would do that. Like no Amanda, is... what you mean? I didn't talk to you for a whole year. I know. No, I'm not saying I don't believe it about you. I'm just saying sometimes when people are that shitty, it's like I can't believe it. I'm just like, no one would just yeah. like play to your kindness and, and d- deceive you. That just seems so evil, like untrue. Like, really? Someone would really do that? And deceitful. But he is correct. And he did deceitful. not speak to me for a year. Because you know why? He, Snatched yeah. up. Man. Pussy had him. Amanda called me to come to some events that she was doing and things like that. Nope. He'd be like, I'm coming. Yep. <laughs> but then I had to stop. But the reason why I didn't, because you know what? Then you get tricked into, you get tricked into um, thinking you are being a... a, a Contributor? A, a, yeah, if that's... If that's to the... To to the person you're in a relationship with, you know, you if they don't want you to go out and hang with that person, you want them comfortable, mm-hmm. and you want them to feel like, you know what, all right, yeah, you, I'm con- I'm compromising. This is, the, this is this is this is a relationship. I'm supposed to be here making it work, and 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 okay. showing them that they can trust you. They can and- trust me. Man, it's people gaming out there, boy. But you know what's wild about this <clears throat> is that that toxic relationship made our relationship toxic. I had to stop talking to you because you would keep canceling on me, et cetera. And so that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't grasp. It's like, you know, you'll see that you'll be like dating somebody or something and it's toxic. And next thing you know, like your friendships aren't operating the way they were supposed to. Like your family ain't really rocking with you like they used to. And you're so like in the bubble of what you're involved in that you don't even see that. And like, y'all, Jay had to literally come to my house. (laughs) And like, be like, I have to tell you where I've been. Yeah. For the last year, and I'm like, what? 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 What does that even mean? Yeah, Amanda, my homie, I was, I had to keep it a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and he sat in my room while I put clothes away, <laughs> folding clothes, <laughs> talking to her, and told me the tale. Yeah. He told me his own version of Get Out. Oh man. <laughs> Get the hell out. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I'm oh, so glad man. you got out. But honestly, you may not say that you're glad, but I am glad that you went through this because it gave you some great music. Oh, wow. It, it most certainly did. Like um, it was already in you, but it was like, it was almost like your heart had to break to yeah. let the the good music ooze out. Right. Because 
it was a, a couple of songs where I, where I had um writer's block, and um she filled, that that relationship filled those blocks right up. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> filled them up. Filled them up. Yeah. So I got some I got some bangers coming along the way. Are you gonna drop a full album or is it just like I'm, I'm gonna start off? I'm gonna drop singles, and I want to say after the summer or towards the end of the summer, I'm gonna drop an EP. All right. Wine and dine. Because your last name is Winans. Oh my gosh! Wordplay, wordplay, <laughs> witty and pithy. Wine and dine, loving it. Yep. Wine and just dine. sit down and you know we gonna talk about it. The last dose. Wine and dine. Don't be fooled by someone trying to wine and dine you and think that that's all it takes. Don't be fooled. Y'all, shout out to Jay Winans for coming through. You can follow him on Instagram at It's Jay Winans. And um, I really love having this show because I literally get to just like bring, when I say people I like, I literally mean people I like, like people who are my actual friends. And then you get to see what it's like to have relationships with people that are actually adding to your life. Like when you wonder, if you wonder why I have all these people on the show that are my friends, you listen and it's like all of them are doing something. They're all moving towards a goal. They're all genuine in what they're pursuing. And as Jay talked about in, in his interview, like that's a very clear indicator of somebody who is like about their shit and who is reliable. And I have had to really like clean house over the years and only allow people around me who are that? Because when people are around you, they are energy. We are just like the engines on the cars that Jay was talking about. He used to fix up. We are combustible. You know, we are we are always moving and we give off energy. And that energy can give off in negative and positive ways. And you want people who are going to actually replenish you, not people who are going to drain you. You want people who are going to elevate you, not who are going to devolve you. And you want people that you can value and who aren't going to devalue you. And toxic relationships sometimes can be very hard to figure out. Sometimes you can't even realize that it's toxic because you have a toxic relationship with yourself. And you have to really take the time to get to know yourself and to understand why you put up with certain things, why you like certain things. What are the things that drive you? What are the things that are your passion? And when the clearer you get to know about you, the easier it's going to be for you to see the people who are around you and whether they should be and whether they shouldn't be. This social media, the media in general, it drives toxic relationships through our consciousness on a regular basis. You watch the news and you're like, damn, another, another like child abuse case. Damn, another domestic violence case. Like even the toxic relationship between black people and the police in this country. Like there's just always this sensibility hanging over our heads that says that like people can't get along. And I refuse to believe that. Even if somebody is not right for you or they don't mesh with you or whatever, whether it's in a romantic relationship or a business, it don't never have to get toxic. It's really about just keeping things as peaceful and as clear and as communicative as possible. And when you can do that, you save yourself a lot of time and you save yourself the trouble of having to clean up the waste left over from a toxic relationship. Star Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.